Hello, and welcome to the Boardroom Buddies podcast. Each podcast is themed, and I interview and ask questions of a number of subject matter experts who are also owners of small businesses. And I ask about their specialisms, simply to answer questions that are often in our heads, but we never actually ask or get the answer. So, I'm here today with Claire Lawton of Acorn Support, and... Claire is a, an HR specialist and the reason that I've come to talk to Claire is because over the years, so many people that I've talked to who have had businesses, you know, they haven't employed anybody and then when they get to the point where they need help, it becomes quite an obstacle for them. Not sure whether they should employ someone, what they have to do. And of course, there are now legal requirements that you have to do when you're employing someone. So I thought I'd come and ask Claire a few questions and see what she has to say about helping out small business owners who want to employ someone and not sure if it's right for them. And also at what point HR needs to get involved. So welcome, Claire, and thank you for taking part in this little podcast for me today. It's my pleasure, Jackie. Thank you for asking me. So if someone's ready or they think they're ready to employ someone, never done it before, what do they need to think about? How do they go about it? Well, one of the first things that I would say is start and think about the future rather than this immediate situation that you're in. Think about the type of role that you want somebody to be fulfilling and how they can grow into that role. Because I found that when I first started employing people myself, is that you kind of recruit for here and now rather than that growth and development. Mm, Yeah. And take the action, really. Don't be afraid. One of the reasons why I set up Acorn Support in the beginning, which is almost 13 years ago, was because a lot of friends who ran their own businesses or were solopreneurs kind of had that feeling that, oh, it's too much. It's all stacked up against the employer and we can't do it. And, you know, I've got this big commitment that I'm going to have to take. But it's doable. There's Mm. so much resource out there that people can make those right decisions and employ people. Mm. And I think also business owners that I've spoken to have have always got in the back of their minds, uh, but what if, you know, I, I, I need to let them go? Or what if it doesn't work out? You know, what about the problems that I might face if they're not right for the job, if, if you know, something goes wrong? And they're panicking about that before they've even taken the step of employing someone. Yeah. I mean, first thing I would say is what if you don't? Yeah. Your business Great is question, going yeah. to be restricted to you being the the earner mm. as well as the development. But it's not as scary as people think. It can be the most wonderful thing to get the right people in your team. And that's part of the planning. Even when you're looking at your first employee or when you've got 100 employees defining the job description is really important Mm, yeah Uh, because that lays out for you the sorts of areas that somebody's going to be responsible for it's not a task list it's a description of the role and you can then see what qualities that person's going to have to have those are personal qualities to fit in with your business 
to fit in with your own values and working styles. And that when you've got that, you've got something that you can then structure your recruitment mm, with. Yeah. You know, let's just say it's a, it's somebody who's an accountant and they want a bookkeeper or, you, you know, you're in business and you want a bookkeeper. Well, just somebody who can crunch numbers doesn't kind of fulfil what's going to be pertinent to that particular business. Mm, yeah. And when you can see it then there will be more comfort in knowing, oh, actually, yeah, this is the right decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, may, when you go through that process, you can scope out, well, how much time can I allow this person to work? Because you don't automatically have to think full-time. No, of course you not. You can think part-time. Mm. The non-guaranteed hours contracts are still really, really good. There's been an okay. awful lot of bad press about yeah. zero hours. Yeah, of course. And I, it's not just a nuance of words, but it's a, we structure it in quite a different way to zero hours when they were in the press for some of the retail sector. Guarantee you have to work for us whenever we say, and we're only going to give you a moment's notice. Mm. Well, that's unreasonable. But you can put in a reasonable mutual agreement and contract for non-guaranteed hours oh yeah and you can build that up over time when you know you've got that safety net of going do you know what this works actually now I've got somebody that's really good on planning for the future mm-hmm. and they want to take on more work which builds up more hours which builds up more revenue for you in the business mm. there's all sorts of ways around it yeah and that sounds that's quite reassuring I think for somebody you know if they've not done it before and you know it's like looking at the future and it's almost like well do I want to jump in with both feet but actually just dipping their toe in and building up but I do come across business owners who have employed somebody without the planning without the preparation and then it's not worked out you know they might be the brother uncle sister aunt of one of their other employees and mm. um, the procedures and processes haven't been particularly robust and then they're in a situation that they've you know <laughs> developed themselves really yes you know how, how do you deal with things like that they can be first of all those sorts of things can be dealt with they can be resolved so don't worry about that the key is to go through, ideally, the right process in the first place, Mm. the job description, recruit them in the right way. Because when you're recruiting, you're presenting the business to them and they're presenting themselves to you. So both parties are on almost a sales process. Mm. And in that, you can be really homing in on the values and behaviours that you want for success in your business. Right. It also gives you something to go back to if things aren't working well. Mm. So if you find that you have employed a family friend, which can work really well, but if if it isn't, you've got something to go back to. You can explain to that individual why it's not working, how they were recruited in in the first place. If we look at ways in which you're going to induct somebody into a business is really important as well. Mm. And you can go back to that and say, well, you know, when you first joined, in your first three months, we discussed Mm. this. 
we've given you more coaching and guidance and training on the role and this still isn't working. So we've got another month or whatever. You can review through a probationary review to come back to what's required. And if it isn't, then you pretty much have an obligation for both the business and your, and the individual to know when it's right to cut, cut that relationship mm. and to sever those ties to both parties move it on. does sound like a, a, an uncomfortable conversation to have to have with someone though if you've not employed someone so is that where you come in <laughs> yeah absolutely we can but also so yes the work that my team and I do is to really listen to what's happening with the business what are the difficulties that the business has got with any employment relationship or any development within their business and to understand how we can make changes Mm. we will always ideally try and make things right for whomever so maybe we haven't gone through the right process in the beginning but we can reset that and allow the individual some time to make changes if they don't then we can support that conversation to Enable them to move on to something that would be more suited. So, so that almost kind of brings me on to the area of how, you know, how do you manage employees? And you're talking a little bit kind of, you know, managing their performance, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, is that something that all businesses should think about when they have employees, do you think? Absolutely. Including themselves. Okay, yeah. So from a mastermind perspective, we talk about how we manage ourselves within our business. Yes, yes, we we do. We talk about identifying when we're working in the business. So for me, when I'm doing work that's delivering to our clients or on the business, when I'm being an MD. Mm, I want to plan for the future for my team and for our clients and that's making a differential between those two sides of things. Mm. So you can manage yourself and them. What we quite often find, and it, it can't, kind of comes back to the first point of the recruitment, is that if you haven't managed that as well, you can have expectations that are different. Of course, yeah. But the key to it is to identify what's not working well, where you want it to be and to manage a discussion around that. And there are people there that can support. You know, for me, for my team, I have the mastermind team who I use as my support mm, Yeah. when I'm needing to have some discussions or not quite sure where to go and go to peers for the same things. Mm. So do you, you kind of provide that in a way to... Mm potential clients you know about if they're thinking about future employees and how to manage them best and and that kind of thing yeah we we differ slightly because our aim this is to differ to our peers because our aim is to coach the owners managers and employees to understand all of these mechanics there's mechanics to every part Mm. of a business and when everybody can understand what they are and we're all working in the same direction, then the conversations can be much, much easier. 
because ideally we want the individual to see if things aren't right mm. yeah either before or at the same time that we see things aren't right and everybody's got a desire to make those changes you know you can pick up a policy on how to deal with performance and the letters that you might need which are really good because that's part of the mechanics but what do you do with them how do you have those difficult conversations mm. how do you anticipate if there's going to be a curveball in that and we coach and guide through those sorts of issues conversations so that there is a fair open and honest conversation with a fair outcome mm. so i know that you you help business owners in that that space of employing someone and putting yeah. the right processes and procedures in place but I know also that you deal with much more complex issues around human resources and I know that small business owners also would would initially think I don't need an HR person you know just to employ somebody I can do that you know especially if it's a relative or friend of someone else that they already Mm. know so what's the the main advantage of using someone like yourself the knowledge and experience of employment law and where some things that could be said or the way in which you may act that's going to be out of line with employment law and case law oh yes of course also the stepping back we're almost one or two positions removed from that employment relationship Mm. so you know, when we work with businesses all the time that are family businesses or employ people who are friends or are now friends because they've worked with each other for so long. And we can kind of take a slightly different view, not a dispassionate, because we work with people. So we are passionate about making sure that everybody is treated fairly and reasonably. But we can observe things that others may not be able to see. Yes to look at it from a different angle, to be able to reflect on what our experience is in working with similar organisations. Yes, yeah. I know your team have got lots of years' experience, and you have as well. We won't talk about ages or anything, but... (laughs) 33 years' experience in HR. Many things that we haven't experienced between Mm. us. Yeah. And that 33 years is just me, as as Jo and Ruth love to describe the fact that I'm the oldest. (laughs) But it's the same with any business. You know, you if you go to a a design company, just as an example... What you go to them for is that knowledge, that experience, that understanding the nuances of their profession. I guess equally, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and it's an IT company Mm -hmm. and they created the analogy of, I need a new computer. So you could just pick one up from a high street supermarket or similar off the shelf yourself. And would that be fit for purpose? How would that fit in with what the future developments are for the need of that computer? Would it have the right screen definition, the memory capacity, the speed that's needed? 
Well, that analogy can work similar to us for HR consultancy. Yeah, yeah. I know from when I've worked with clients in the past doing psychometrics and mm-hmm. helping them on recruitment, we did a little exercise with a, a past client and they hadn't done it in the right way. And when we worked out the hours that they'd spent doing the recruitment, paying the recruitment agency fee and the six-month salary before they had to let this person go, it was three to four times the salary. Easily, yeah. Because they'd not just put some simple processes in place and taken guidance, I guess, on it. Yeah. And recruitment agencies are brilliant. Uh, Similar to the way in which we work, we can only deliver based on the information that we're given. Mm. So... Often a conversation that we'll have is that when they go, Fred's leaving, we need to employ a new Fred. Let's just take a step back for a moment. Mm. What, What activity did Fred carry out? And what do we need now and what do we need going forwards? Let's reassess Mm. what the skills and abilities are for that role. Mm. Let's actually look internally. Is there anybody else who may want to be stepping up? Because that is a fantastic opportunity to develop and grow your team internally and then bring somebody in lower Mm. down. Mm. But you have to really stop and look and define that job description, define the values within the business because you can get somebody that meets all of the tick points that you've got but just is the wrong fit. And that's where that profiling comes in Mm, to... Determine how one person thinks against the rest of the team to create that mm. harmony, to perhaps not recruiting the image of ourselves. Yeah, that's a hard one. That's <laughs> yes, a hard one. It is. And particularly, I'm not a finisher. You, you know from working <laughs> my profile, I, and I'm not, I do like shiny things and new things, but that finishing with some projects mm. isn't my forte. So when I look at recruiting, I would look at recruiting people who can and love doing those sorts of areas so that you have that Mm. rounded team. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Worth thinking about if you're you're aware that you are building gradually a team. Yes. Isn't it? You know, what, what you want now, what you want in the future. It's been really helpful. So I know you deal with lots of complex issues as well with HR, but you can just kind of go in and deal with a simple process of helping a company to put the right things in place Mm -hmm. to employ perhaps their first employee. Yes. So have you worked with companies that have, where, you know, it hasn't gone well, you know, or rather it it hasn't gone well and then they've asked you to go in and help sort it out? And are there some very expensive cases that have... Yes. (laughs) Um, When you say expensive, it could mean one of two things. There's... It could be expensive in terms of bringing somebody like ourselves in at the last minute when all sorts of things haven't gone well and you end up with this almost hornet's nest of issues. And sometimes it's right to kick the hornet's nest and to get it all out and then you know what you're doing. That can be time-consuming and expensive but not as expensive of not taking action. Mm. Because if that's going on, if there's an undertone within the business that you're sort of ignoring, at some point it's going to bite. Mm. 
taking the time earlier on to set the set the tone, set the way in which an employment relationship is going to work is vital because it gives you those building blocks to go back to if something's not working. Mm. We yeah. talked about the job description earlier. Yeah. If somebody is not performing in the way that you want to need, let's go back to the job description. Let's go back to how you inducted them into the company. Mm. Let's reassess. Have we given that individual everything that they need to do the job well? Mm. So do you have, like, documents that you would put in, yeah. you know, present for the company? To, because I would, I would guess that most business owners who haven't employed anybody wouldn't have, like, certain policies and procedures in place. So they, they would need those if they're, yeah. if they're going to undertake the process properly. Yeah. And that, yes, we do. Um, we work with clients to understand where they're going because you could have a contract of employment and a handbook and have that fairly succinct if you're going to be employing half a dozen people because that sets the tone of that relationship. Mm. So the employee knows what to expect from the employer, i.e. to be running a profitable, successful business and that the employee knows what their work's going to be. Mm. Oh, yeah. and they're paid, yeah. and when and how. And then from the employer's side, so that they also know the process that they can follow if something's not right. Absence, performance, discipline. And for the employee, if they have a grievance about mm. the business or an individual in the business. Mm. If the business grows and develops further, there may be other policies that are considered. New business is having some individuals who are going to be driving. And the gentleman that I spoke to, and this this was literally last week, he hadn't thought about the driving licence, what's required in the job description, what would happen if there were points or penalties on that licence, what happens if somebody lost their job. How do we put the right processes in place to ensure that the vehicle's looked after and maintained and that the employee is able to talk about any problems that happen? Yeah. Because when we put, so for example, health and safety policies, you want the everybody to know how we should all be working and what to do if something isn't right. Because we want to know. Mm. We want to know if there are near misses because then you can put them right and then there aren't accidents. So it's structuring things around that area for this business was really important. Yeah. And it's understanding the balance rather than here's 70 policies and documents that you may Mm. possibly need somewhere in the lifetime of your business. When there's three of you. <laughs> yeah, so it's not really a one-size-fits-all, is it? It's no. you go in and kind of adjust the level mm. of support depending on the company. Yeah. Okay. But for us, it's starting that relationship. Yes, yeah. Because then we're always a resource that they can come back to to mm. say, oh, I'm stuck, I don't know what to do. I like to describe the role of an MD as the conductor of an orchestra. Mm. 
Yes. I know I've said this before. And you've got, you know, you've got operations, you've got sales, you've got HR, you've got finance and admin. And as an MD, I see that you need to have the understanding of who's going to be able to do what and how and keep that tempo going. Mm. Well, you can bring in a team of accountants to support you. You can bring in a team of HR consultants to support you. If you're delivering a particular type of work, as you're building up your employed team, you may use subcontractors. So how are you going to mm. use them? What's the policies to support them in being successful? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So you, I know that you, um, you can also, because uh, you talk about uh, the employer coming back to you, but I also know that for some of your clients, you work with them kind of on a regular, mm-hmm. you know, so kind of on a monthly basis, really. Yeah, that's where we kind of consider us as... Retained, more... that's the yes, word I was yeah. trying to get to. So our, we work as an advocate for that business and we structure it in a slightly different way to the traditional retained service. And that's where some of our peers will have an amount that's charged each month to provide all their HR support. Oh, right. And everything is included in that. But that very much becomes rather a dictating to the client in the way that service is used. What I see is that when we first start working with a client, it's very difficult to know and understand how they are with their employees, what policies may be in place. Um, We don't know what employee issues may come up. Bear in mind that the employee issues can be what's going on with the employee in their family life and how Mm. we help and support. Dare I say COVID, we could never have factored for that. So I try and structure it in that we have a quarterly review with our clients and that's part of that retained service, that's what they pay for. And during those quarterly reviews, we coach and manage everything that we can see is going to come up. Right. So we're empowering them to be responsible mm. and to act for their teams themselves. Mm rather than be re- reactive when something does occur, going, help, and then we go in. Mm. So it comes from it from a slightly different perspective, but I I don't like charging somebody for something they don't need. So my crystal ball doesn't work well enough to know how that company's going to work with their employees over a year. Mm. Right. Okay. But for us, it's key to maintain that contact and we do that through those quarterly at least a quarterly review right as you say some are monthly yeah yeah so just talking um because you mentioned about employees do you ever work on behalf of an employee if an employee is struggling with something at work have you ever ever helped in cases so we prefer not to pick up a case where we act on behalf of the individual with that dialogue with their employer. Oh, I see. Just because the, the, we feel that we're more able to influence the 
the kind of whole employee structure if we're on the employer side rather than one right. individual. We have got a number of colleagues that we would highly recommend who will do that. Um, and that's if they are working with their employer about something. So if they're, they're facing disciplinary action or they're trying to raise a grievance, our preference is to come from the other side. Saying that, when we work with a client, we do support with mental health first aid. We're all trained and can provide that support. When we're working with the employer, we will help coach and manage the employees in how to be the best that they can. If there are employees who want, who've got a grievance about something, then they may want to come to us in the first instance where we can support them in resolving it before it goes down a formal process. Right. So, you know, it's a, it's a balance on what the issue is and where we would come in. Mm. But our preference is to have the ability to impact on everybody rather than just one. Mm. So, it, for anybody who thinks that HR is always on the inside, on the side of the employee, no. that, that's not where you come from really no there's been many a conversation with a manager or a business owner that will be highlighting where they may want to rethink their responses (laughs) or actions because then if everybody is working in the right path in the right way everybody has success Mm, yes yeah and that's really important to us yeah that's been really interesting, Claire. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I hope that's really been interesting for the people that are listening to this, if there is anybody out there listening. If you want to get in touch with Claire, if you have any questions further on how HR can help you, or if you've got some employee questions, you know, if you wanted to employ someone for the first time and not done it before, how do they get in touch with you, Claire? Usual sources. So telephone 01384 or email, which is claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, at acornsupport.co.uk. That's brilliant. And you can check us out on the website as well. And um, there's some resources on there that um, people can download if they wish to. Oh, that's smashing. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. That's great. Thanks, Claire. I do hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Boardroom Buddies podcast. Do subscribe for more podcasts and it would be lovely if you shared it on your favourite podcast platform. If you have any questions or you would like to talk any more on the topic, then do connect with me on LinkedIn or email me on jax, that's J-A-X, at jackiecasey.consulting. And thanks for listening.